0: Accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Continuing our run-through of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Right now we're up to the episode called Empoc-Nor. It is the 24th episode of the fifth season, Aired on May 19th, 1997, teleplay goes to Hans Beemler, story credit goes to Brian Fuller, directed by Mike Vehar In this episode, while scavenging an abandoned Cardassian space station identical to DS9-4 equipment, O'Brien's team discovers that the station may not be completely abandoned. We're joined by Clay. Clay, how are you? I am good.
0: I have never identified with a Star Trek character right now as much as I identified with Quark at the beginning of this episode.
1: Just with a little... <laughs> Yeah, you you want to explain? We're doing a little bit of an uh, improv recording session right now. Late at night, I'm in the bedroom on a tablet, uh, not doing anything horrible, but do you want to explain why that is?
0: Yeah, my house is currently getting recited and they just, decide, without really any prompting, decided to start doing all of that outside my head. Um, just on the, the level that our, our unit's at. So uh, the last couple of days I've been waking up to intense hammering and buzzsawing right outside my window. I actually had to leave the house today because it was giving me like an anxiety attack. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I I, uh, I was like, oh, is this whole episode going to be about the, the space station being under, under construction? Because five stars right away for that one.
1: Did you have to go to like an identical uh, condo across the street? And pull out a part that you needed to reside the house with or anything? Yeah, and I murdered everybody who was in it. The- <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be talking about Empok Nor. It is the penultimate, penultimate episode of the fifth season of Star Trek DS9. Uh, it, it talks about uh, O'Brien, talks about Garrick, it talks about being alone in a very dark place. So we're going to take a break. I'm going to play an audio clip and we're going to come back and we're going to break down Empok Nor. The runabout doesn't disengage from its docking clamps and blow up all on its own. Which leads me to believe that the former occupants of these chambers are up and about. If you're telling me that there are two Cardassian soldiers from the 3rd Battalion loose on this station, we're in trouble. Death to all. That was her motto. Three simple words. And they certainly sum up their credo nicely. All right, Clay, so as a, a horror aficionado... I think that this, this mm. episode is probably right up your alley. You probably really enjoyed it. You enjoy uh, slasher films. This is Star Trek takes on the uh, the slasher genre. So do you think it uh, succeeded as a slasher piece of art? <laughs> um.
0: Uh, well, before I answer that, I have a question. Uh, does Do any of the things that happened in this episode come back in the future at all? Like, does Garrick have to deal with anything that he's done here or anything like that? uh Empok Nor comes back in the yeah. future um okay. but not but not like but what i'm getting at is it, unless uh, this is an episode that i should have really liked but i honestly only thought it was okay um mainly because i ultimately thought it was it, it didn't really mean anything yeah um like i didn't i didn't think what ultimately ended up happening happening to Garrick really like uh gave me any new insight to his character or anything like that, and o'Brien you know they 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 try to set up this thing where they're kind of yapping back and forth about killing Cardassians and all this kind of shit uh in uh implying that um O'Brien wishes he could kill people or something but uh it, I don't know, it just didn't really land i thought I thought the uh the horror type stuff was pretty good. Um, even though, even that was kind of, uh, lessened by the fact that it was just, uh, whacked out, drugged up Cardassians and not something else like more, uh, malevolent, Mm. uh, or, or, you know, uh, unknown. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fine. Uh, it didn't blow me away. I thought the dark, the, the dark station looked cool. Uh, I was really shocked that they just killed all of those people. I was not <laughs> expecting everyone to die. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's only it's only okay for me.
1: I'm kind of um, I'm kind of pulling your chain. I I, I, I thought that uh, maybe because it was a slasher, you might have enjoyed a little bit of it. I think it's actually a subpar. episode. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm
0: more than just one dimension of <laughs> Star Trek watcher, Wes. I've taken th- I've I've been to the opera. I've listened to ballet. I've watched the latest Game of Thrones. I, th- I think it's... Um, when I say listen to ballet, I mean I've been to the ballet and have fallen asleep.
1: <laughs> I have um, I think it's actually kind of a subpar episode. Um, I think yeah. it's one of those things where they tried to do a genre thing and it doesn't really work within the confines of Star Trek and what we'd be expecting. Mm-hmm. So to answer your direct question... Uh, Outside of I think Nog brings up what happened on this in a couple episodes from now, but outside of that, nothing here has any ramifications for anything. Okay. Empok um, nor. In that
0: case, then I did not really care for it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, so I, I, I guess that's a that's a good place as any to start. Like, there's there's always a frequent criticism in these shows that, um, you know, if you know that you have characters who cannot die because they're series regulars, it really takes away a lot of the drama of some of these episodes. I don't, mm. I, I've probably said that before, too. And the more I think about it, the more I don't really know if that's true across the board as much as it's a bad setup that your writing has. Because mm. I, I think you can put characters like this in a situation and have it work out where it feels stressful. And even knowing the fact that they aren't going to die could lead to something. But this, to me, feels like an episode that that would be the common criticism of what's going on. But I feel it's more just that the, the episode itself feels like it's like it's trying to do three different themes and none of them are really working very well. Like mm-hmm, you brought mm-hmm. up the O'Brien as a soldier sparring with Garrick. Like that feels like it should, should kind of be something. You brought up the, uh, you know, trying to be a slasher. It's trying to be a slasher movie and it's not particularly good at being a slasher movie uh maybe because because Garrick I don't think is a very effective villain the way that they set him up here but they have to set him up this mm-hmm. way because we know who Garrick is so he needs this like influence on him i i just for it's kind of a funny episode because like i sort of in, i sort of enjoy watching it in the sense that the time flew by while i was watching it but i don't think it's very good and i i think it fails at a whole bunch of stuff that it tries to do and it's a potpourri episode that doesn't really stick the landing on anything that it's trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think you can, I think saying that putting, putting characters, you know, aren't going to die in a life threatening situation. It it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, not work because the cat, you know, the characters don't die. It doesn't, it usually doesn't work because um, that ends up being the only thing that's going on. And in a, in an episode like this, that's how I felt. Th- that's that's what I felt. I felt like that that the uh, people getting picked off were, were was the only real um, threat or the only real thing that they were working towards. Like you can do that with O'Brien, a character you know who isn't going to die. If at the end, if the, if he comes out on the other end, having learned something or changed in some way or, or or something like that, where it's just it's bigger than just oh, good, he dodged a bullet. Right. Um, which I don't think they they really do here. Like you said, I think they're trying to do that. Uh, I mean, they gave it a shot anyway of trying to uh, do something. But ultimately, it it just feels really hollow because you know n- nothing. None of the things that they bring up with Garrick or O'Brien uh, resonate at all, or or even are followed through on. Like it's not it's not like this is the culmination of constant sparring that we've seen for many episodes between O'Brien and G- and Garrick it's just something that comes up in this episode cuz they need it to right yeah. um and i don't even know if if i've ever heard o'brien be ex- exceptionally shitty towards Cardassians. oh that's that, like the way garrick talks about it it's like he just hates them and just talks shit about them all the time
1: no that's a that's a character beat on, on o'brien he's the racist of the cast yeah he hates Cardassians. yep um oh i
0: guess i'm just i guess i just forget i, I guess it doesn't happen enough Often enough that it really sticks with me, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I do. They do they ever talk about him previously being like a, a soldier who's been fighting them or anything?
1: Yep. So that that goes back all the way to TNG. Oh, all right. Well, I guess I just don't. I guess I just don't pay attention. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the, this battle that they keep talking about, like Three, is um, something that's mm-hmm. been a, a character beat of O'Brien since TNG's days. Like we've never seen it or anything, but he talks about it all the time. We never really know what happened there, and. Okay, well, in this case, seeing as
0: that I have don't remember that, and, uh, I, and I'm going to say most of the people who watched this at the time probably didn't remember that. Sure. Um, I feel like what's missing is O'Brien never like clicks into that mode of thinking. Unless I Is there a scene where he does that, and I'm just not remembering? No, like this, I, I, I don't think— Is there ever a scene where he's like fucking Cardat, like he just loses it?
1: Right, and grabs the assault <laughs> rifle or whatever, yeah, yeah
0: well or just just like makes that point of view that he has known and part you know and and expresses that as something that he actually is dealing with and not just something other people are saying he has
1: right so i think that's the when i say that the episode is kind of a failure because it's mashing up all of these things i think that like i think you had two paths that you could have gone for this episode you could have like whole hog embraced the slasher element and gone with that or you have to make it about o'brien realizing that he's a changed man and that no matter how much garrick is trying mm. to push his buttons he's no longer the soldier that he used to be yeah and that, that yeah. that's what the episode is saying about o'brien i feel like but i i 100 agree with you that he never reverts back to that old form and because garrick is so <clears throat> garrick's under the influence of this virus or whatever and that's causing him to act a little bit strangely it doesn't it doesn't resonate as any character drama worth anything because you know Garrick's under the influence of something. And that even takes away from the ending, which the ending I think is supposed to be like reflective on this, but I don't feel any like I, you know, Garrick's like, please apologize to the widow of that man that I murdered back there. But it's kind of like the episode doesn't really care because the whole reason that Garrick is allowed to do this is because it's not really Garrick who's doing it. So you're kind of confused. You You don't know where to end up with it.
0: And also, that last scene doesn't really land because I think they're trying to the way that O'Brien when he uh, he's like, ah, oh, you broke some ribs, and he was like, yeah, if I was a couple inches closer, that thing would have killed me. And then O'Brien's like, well, you should know that was my intention. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't land either because I think they were trying to go for one of those sort of ambiguous uh, uh, gray zone endings, and it just doesn't land because it's I, I I didn't I didn't feel. Any of that stuff really uh, uh, is followed through very well uh, to, to get to the point where at the end you could, you know, make make that statement and have it stick, you know?
1: Yeah, there's the you know, I feel like the ending is missing a beat where engineers are looking at the scene of what O'Brien did. And it's like it's characters that we don't know. And they're kind of analyzing this, the, the explosion that O'Brien set off. And they bring up the point of something like O'Brien could have just said it to like stun him. Or something, but it was set to kill mm. Garrick, you know, and, th- yeah. and then you're kind of like, oh, like, hmm, I wonder what O'Brien was thinking there. But that never comes across. And it, it, it's like you say, if O'Brien never has to really work through his problems because the episode spends the entire time that he should be working through his problems trying to pass itself off as like a C-minus slasher film, then mm. you're just kind of wasting your time because if you want to go the slasher route, I think you have to do a better job of this. And what's funny is, uh, we had, I don't know if you remember this, the episode Armageddon rising, which is the first episode of season five, which is the, uh, the Klingon one where we were talking about how, if the show was remade in high def, that would be like one of the best episodes to get something out of it because the Klingon Mm. sets are so muddy and shitty looking. Um, This is the second episode I would remaster. And I think would add a lot to it. I have a hard time seeing what's going on in this episode, actually. Um, and it's, it's yeah, it's 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 pretty dark. Yeah. It's pre- it's pretty dark, and it, it makes sense in what they're trying to do. What is this?
0: The Battle of Winterfell? Ha! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Heyo! <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a
0: row. Turn up the brightness on your TV, everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was shot for film. Um, you you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I think that if it was if it was even a passable slasher i would say that you don't need the o'brien thing but i feel like the o'brien thing is more in line with what ds9 and star trek would be interested in doing and even if it's, uh, i th- think it's a mistake that they went so far in that route without really fully embracing it um it would probably still turn out better than it, the slasher stuff that they had going here because i think there's only really one scene in the entire slasher run that i think is effective it's when the the two cardassian soldiers who are there kill the security guards or whatever like one of them smashes through glass mm. and the other one gets thrown off the balcony um yeah that was the only i thought those were fairly effective jump scares but you can't really build 40 minutes of tv around that i don't think
0: that uh when the blue guy gets like his head stomped in that was pretty i was i was surprised at that one cuz that one was fairly fairly brutal yeah yeah <laughs>
1: um
0: yeah it's just like you know uh, i can't remember which which movie he says it in. I think it might be in six. I don't remember, but it's like, it's like if you've got that, that thread that they had for captain Kirk, where he, after they kill his son, where he hates Klingons and he's got that, that one thing that they get on tape where he's like, I hate Klingons. I hate everything about them. If it was, if it was up to me, I would kill every last one of them or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like if you have a bunch of people say to Kirk, remember how much you hate Klingons, but you never hear him say that other thing. Where it's just like okay, so people are saying that you hate Kling—he hates Klingons—and he's just kind of going like, yeah, eh, whatever. I don't, I don't really, I don't really mind them. And you never get that beat where it's like, oh shit, he really does hate Klingons. Um, you know, because that way, at least the the battle between them at the end would have a, a, a of O'Brien and Garrick would have a little bit more, you know, edge to it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think I think they just don't know what they want O'Brien's point of view here to be, because he's not. I mean, he. I guess he is trying to talk him down, but if he's trying to talk him down, then why is he trying to kill him? Mm-hmm. You know, they're they they're they're kind of waffly about what they want O'Brien's uh, 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 angle to be here, and I think that's what ends up ultimately just really, really hurting it.
1: Well, uh, so I I guess I'm kind of interested why, if you have any sort of thoughts about it, why do you think that, um, like, if I were to tell you that Kira was a terrorist, I don't think it would come to a surprise to you. But apparently learning that O'Brien had fought in Cardassian fights is kind of a surprise. So do you think it's just a, it's not a character beat that's strong enough where you really feel like it resonates with O'Brien? I always think that the problem with O'Brien is that His Klingon or his Cardassian war stories have always just been tell and don't show. Like you don't really ever get any history of it. And at least with Kira, you get flashbacks every once in a while. And you, she's living on the slave labor station that imprisoned her for a while. So you, you have this like real tangible sense of what it means to be Kira as a terrorist or a freedom fighter or whatever. O'Brien feels like he's kind of just making up stories about things, and it it never feels like it really lands. Or um, yeah you know, you never believe o'brien in the way that you believe kira and i think it's a problem
0: yeah i've seen interviews with plenty of like soldiers from world war 2 who weren't like those fucking nazis i would just every german i saw i just wanted to fucking kill him right. you know this <laughs> you could so you can you can have people tell war stories about being a soldier without uh <laughs> without assuming that they that they actively hate the the race which whom they are fighting right yeah um yeah. And yeah, the way, I, oh, yeah, O'Brien's war stories, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume, and based off what <laughs> you just said, because I can't remember any of them, are all just feel like, oh, he's just telling another war story. Whereas Kira is, yeah, she's living it. It's constantly coming back uh, every day. She's on uh, Deep Space Nine is a is a remembrance of the fight that she was part of, and it, it's built into her character. Whereas. For O'Brien, it's just sort of like, yeah, he was also in the war, and you know, if he gets a couple drinks in him, he'll call Cardassians the Q word or something.
1: Yeah, well, it, it's funny because I I don't know what the Q word is. I just picked a letter. Calls them spoonheads. He he. Um, I, I like the what what I like about the episode is I like his thing about I'm no longer a soldier. I'm an engineer, and he uses that to get Garrick at the end. Like, I think that that's a good moment mm-hmm. that was really building, or it, that was a good ending to what could have been a building story throughout the entire episode. And they really don't like it. And if,
0: and I was just going to say, and they undercut that too, because you could follow that through in that final scene where Garrick was like, you know, uh, where he, where O'Brien goes the other way and Garrick says something about, you know, I was going, I was going to kill Nog. I was going to do it. You should have killed me. And he's like, well, that's not what I do. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Where he, where they, he follows through on this, this mindset change that he's not a soldier, he's an engineer and he's not about, you know killing people anymore or whatever. Um but they muddy it up by having him do that thing at the end where he says I'm not an, I'm an engineer and then at the end he's like also ps I would have totally fucking killed you if I had a chance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm an engineer of death, motherfucker.
0: Um it's like if in Star Wars at the end when uh when the emperor <clears throat> excuse me is goading on Luke Skywalker and then he throws his lightsaber down, he just then pulls out a
1: blaster and shoots Palpatine <laughs> in the face. <laughs> I I think, um, you know, the, we've talked a lot about O'Brien's problems with the the episode, actually, and I think that, um, you know, pairing him with the Soja thing is not really the best choice that they could have done. I think an actual bigger problem, and I think a better way to make either the O'Brien war story and the slasher aspect, is that I think Garrick is really misused here as a villain. Um, mm. I, you know, the... The the whole reason I think that you you descend Garrick to this, they make it the point in the episode. It's because he's Cardassian and he's able to get past all the booby traps. My understanding of Garrick would be that if you Garrick as a slasher villain in this should be more along the lines of like. not saw or something, but there there should be a more clever aspect to the way that he's offing people because he's like a, he's a spy. You know, he's like a he's like a deadly assassin spy for the CIA mm-hmm. of Cardassia. So why is he just kind of running around shanking people? You know what I mean? Like, shouldn't he be setting traps for them? And they'd be like, oh, this like uh, it's a side of Garrick we've never seen. Like, imagine if this was what he was like when he was, you know, under the brutal occupation. These are the kind of spies that they have running around doing these horrible things to people. And instead, he's well, just he's I just kind of leaping around in the shadows, and it comes across as kind of goofy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess there's only one person left for him to kill at the time where he gets, you know, in, infected by the.
1: the That's the a point too. He 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 gets sick too late in the episode. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess you kind of have to. You have to make a decision when you're going to do this, where it's like, well, do we want to make him completely irredeemable? Because if we want, if we don't mind. Then yeah, we infect him right away, and he kills five people. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you want to make him evil but still redeemable, maybe he only kills one guy. Um, so yeah, he gets sick too late. Um, do you think it would work without Garrick? Like if it was if it was just? Uh, do you think it would almost be more? Impactful if it was just a random Cardassian that O'Brien was fighting. I would have been then... fine with that
1: too. If it was, I don't know, I don't yeah. think there needed to be two of them. I would have been fine with just one and they could make a mention of him being an Obsidian Order agent, the same as Garrick or something mm-hmm. like that. And I would have been Cause, totally okay with that.
0: Yeah, because then you can focus on O'Brien's mindset because I think the problem here is that Garrick under the influence of that drug is not like. I don't know. Do you do you feel like him being under the influence of the drug is uh swaying him emotionally or anything? Like I know I know after he gets infected he kills that guy and he's like, "Ooh, that felt good." Yeah. But like I don't I don't know if it's ex, ex uh, explicitly supposed to be like awakening this the, the old Garrick kind of thing, you know, because well, he never talk. They don't really talk about that afterwards.
1: They say it awakens the latent xenophobia of Cardassians, which is kind of a funny way to okay. say it. So but yeah, but right. I don't I don't infected Garrick to me is not Garrick at all. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, not it's not yeah. unleashing the inner personality or in an un- uninhibiting him. And he's just living out his true fantasies. He's basically just become a crazy slasher villain. In this, right. Yeah, and because cause Garrick would never, I assume, he would never kill without a purpose,
0: you know. Right. So, like, I I don't think that, you know, he has some dark story where he was like, uh, I walked into that uh, Bajoran orphanage and I killed every child in there just because they had bumps on their foreheads or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think if you had if they had stuck with just a random Cardassian. Who was this embodiment of? Who is the embodiment of everything that O'Brien hates about them? He's this, you know. He himself is a uh, this Cardassian himself is a xenophobic murderer, which is he. He basically becomes the 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 propaganda poster against the Cardassian, right? Right. So, you know that. Then you could focus on O'Brien's point of view and the way he thinks about the Cardassians, and then ultimately have him choose not to give into that and just fucking kill this guy. Right. Because, you know, cause you can even go through that thing where it's like, they figure out what it is. It's like, this is not, this is not just how this person is. He's under the influence of a drug. This is not him. This is not his mindset. And so O'Brien's like, I don't care. He's killing my people. I'm going to kill him. And then Garrick or whoever could be like, no, you don't understand. He's as innocent as we are, blah, blah blah, you know he's a casualty of war, just like anybody else is, mm-hmm. and then you know it comes to the point at the end where O'Brien has to make a decision and he chooses to just stun the guy instead of fucking actually like kill him, you know
1: yeah 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 no i'd 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 agree and i I think that the
0: i wish I wish at the end when he said I'm an engineer, he had started like. Doing like a Lego thing where he's Lego movie thing where he's just grabbing pieces all around him and builds like a little ladder that helps him escape.
1: <laughs> he builds like the uh, the suit the lift the loader suit from Aliens or something like that and is just walking yes. around and <laughs> crushes. Garrick and, the, and
0: Garrick's just watching him, going like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, you will see in a second, sir." Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know, I it, the, the things that I do like about it are kind of the like I. I do think Star Trek, as we've mentioned before, is a genre show that can pull off these kinds of like tropey things where they can do different styles of shows. And, you know, mm-hmm. I I like watching, it's the DS9 set, so they call it Empac pac nor but it is the DS9 uh, set, and it's just, you know, it's, it's shrouded in darkness. I like the, even though it makes no sense because there is no up or down in space, I like the tiltedness of the station when they approach it, like it's mm-hmm. sort of just off its axis and it looks weird. And... You know, I, I think that they have some good horror shots in this. It's just, I I I personally think that this was an episode that they should have just embraced the slasher aspect of it. And I, I don't really yeah, care about yeah. the O'Brien thing. I think the O'Brien thing is a bigger problem than just going down the horror road and like crazy Cardassian going around on the station killing people. Um, you know, I don't know how good it would have been either way, but I think that they kind of met in this middling midground that is like, yeah who cares either way like this is an o'brien story for whatever i'm never going to think of this as a great o'brien story i'm never going to think of this as a great uh genre piece that they did and it's kind of unfortunate because i think that they i i think that it looks good for what they were trying to do like i think that the Mm -hmm. set that they're trying to use here and the lighting and everything looks nice and it's too bad that they didn't really pull anything off with it and also you know when it, you you had mentioned it's not a um like a mysterious force or like an evil malevolent force or anything like that. When it is just Cardassians, you kind of walk away going, "Why were the Cardassians just there? Like, what was the point of leaving those two guys on this station? Is it just to kill people who come onto the station? Why don't they blow up the station at that point? Like, why?"
0: Yeah. That- <laughs> That was a weird, a weird uh, kind of contrived plot thing where they were like, "Yes, whenever Cardassians leave a building, they always booby trap it." It's like, okay, or they could blow it up, but they right. just <laughs> choose to be cle- they choose to be, uh, you know, clever and dickheads about it. I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 doesn't make any. It's such a. You think it would be such a valuable thing? Yeah, they just they just booby trap it, walk away. And apparently the booby shafts can get be gotten around by Cardassians and, like triggers with non Cardassians um well i I
0: was uh, I wasn't sure do you think that those card those the ones who were in stasis were left there on purpose? I think so. I think Did that's they, part of the oh, trap were? okay I, yeah I guess I didn't I guess I didn't consider that. I just assumed they were like uh I guess you could say like they would just <laughs> happen to be stuck there in stasis um, but yeah, I guess it would make sense. Uh Yeah, I, you know, I think, I think if, I think, I wish they had kept it as a random Cardassian, and I wish that they had used Garrick as basically, uh, um, like Colonel Troutman in Rambo, essentially, where, uh... Colonel Troutman's entire point of being in Rambo movies is to tell other people about how fucked they are dealing with Rambo, right. essentially.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And and be like, you have no idea what this man's been through. He's killed. He's ca- killed more, you know, VC than you've blah blah blah. You know that kind of shit. Uh, and and he, Rambo he will never only stop Rambo only
1: listens to him. He's the character that Rambo can uh, yeah, talk to. Yeah. About.
0: Um, I wish they had used Garrick in that capacity. Where like once they figure out what's going on, Garrick understands what's going on and is like you guys are fucked right this is why we're f- i recognize this i know what this drug does this guy is not going to stop until he kills all of us that kind of thing um because yeah i think i think making making him infected and you know then having this weird showdown at the end is uh, yeah because because that's what it that's what where it all falls apart it's not that one character is unkillable the uh the <laughs> The the climax of the show involves three characters who are unkillable because right. they're not going to kill Nog.
1: And one of them's holding O'Brien, a and they're... one of them's holding a gun to the other one's head in in a key moment of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah it's like uh, like the in the early days of The Walking Dead, the, it always pissed me off because like every scene ended with everybody pulling guns on each other, and it's like in, these people aren't going to shoot each other. There's no, this is not actually adding drama to anything. Because it's just, these are all, all of these characters' names are in the opening credits and it's the third episode. Right. And it's the same kind of thing. So you've got empty drama based on just a, you know, uh, uh, kill or be killed situation. And you know it's going to turn out that no one is killed and everyone survives. Right. So there's, and there's nothing else really, nothing meaty that that is supporting that.
1: I'd agree. I'd agree. Let's, um, let's take a break. We're going to play an audio clip. Mm-hmm. We're going to come back. We're going to give our final thoughts and read some patron thoughts about Nor. Chief, I was hoping to ask a favor. Don't worry. Once they know the facts. It's not about that. I'd like you to express my deepest regrets to Amaro's wife. I'd talk to her myself, but I'm not sure she'd welcome that. I'll tell her. I'd appreciate it. Julian tells me the blast broke a couple of your ribs. Well, it could have been worse. If I'd been any closer to that phaser, it would have killed me. Well, don't take this the wrong way, but that was the plan. I understand. See you around. All right, everybody. So, if you enjoyed the content today, you can support the show at patreon.com slash the file. A couple dollars a month, you get extra stuff. This is normally where I give uh, the shout-out to the Captain tier supporters. Unfortunately, I'm in such a a half-assed recording setup right now. I can't pull it up and read to you. But I will want to say that uh, if you guys like the Orville, we're not going to be doing a full coverage of the Orville, but we are going to be doing a special offer on Patreon. If you are a member of the $5 or up tier by June 5th, you're going to get exclusive access to four of our Orville episodes that we're going to cover. Uh, We're going to be doing four of the episodes of Orville, seasons one and two, and then we'll be releasing them Privately, they're never gonna be available publicly to uh the five dollar and up patrons on patreon.com slash the Penske file. So key de- uh, key details here. Join Patreon at the five dollar level by June 5th and you get Orville episodes. That's about it. So the Orville, more like the Snorville. Well maybe when it's over you'll be saying, please give me some <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm
0: gonna have a new I'm gonna have a new one ever <laughs> a new one of these every time for this segment up until we actually do it. <laughs> I'm gonna well, run out real quick.
1: We're gonna uh, we're gonna have to get together and eat some S'morevilles while we uh, while we watch these episodes. Um, <laughs>
0: all right, so we could watch them at the Shoreville.
1: <laughs> let's uh, let's read the patron thoughts. If you support the show on patreoncom slash in addition to getting Orville episodes, you can uh, leave your thoughts about upcoming Star Trek episodes. Captain Quark says, "Empok Noor. The technical aspects of this episode are great. The station set, as always, looks appropriately claustrophobic and creepy in dark lighting. I also enjoyed the idea of old soldiers never truly being able to put down a gun. That being said, the plot was fairly cliche and predictable. As soon as we know the engineer security personnel, we know that they will only serve as cannon fodder. The episode is really just spinning its wheels. The Cardassians and Gar- uh kill all of them off. Spinning its wheels until Cardassians uh, and Garrett kill them all off. I liked how O'Brien used his engineering skills to neutralize Garrick, but I'm not sure he would have accomplished this if Garrick didn't behave exactly the way he did in their final confrontation. Also, my
0: favorite part, my favorite part of this episode, was when uh, Garrick decides to take like 20 minutes and finds a bunch of abandoned Cirque du Soleil harnesses and just (laughs) straps all the dead guys and just hangs them like puppets. Yep. Yep. That was that was uh, that was fairly cheeky for for a guy who's on uh, killing drugs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, and that's kind of like the Star traffic Star Trekification of the slasher thing, where normally they'd be on meat hooks or something interesting, you know. And, it, and instead, mm. it's just he just tied them up to the ceiling for no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's weird. Uh, also, mind drug or not, you'd think there would be some consequences for Garrick's actions. You would think there would be. There's not going to be. I apologize. I have to uh, scroll through these things. Uh, let's see here. What is this called? Empoch Noor. You people didn't leave your comments in alphabetical order. Empoch Noor from Holly McLaughlin. Holly says, This one is fantastic. Garrick's struggle against the effects of the drug in the fa- and in favor of his best self is all the more poignant for the ways in which he loses it. It's dark and creepy and scary and just the right balance. Nog and O'Brien are especially good in this one. Mpach Noor. Next comment is but up, Captain Quark. Didn't you already read some? Thought we already left one. I'll read this one anyway. Despite some foreboding set design, this episode was rather predictable and bland. The four non-reoccurring crewmen might have well had targets painted on their heads. Mind altering drug or not, I think there should have been some more serious consequences for Garrick other than the cursory "shit happens" conclusion. After all, he did kill a fellow crewman with a power tool. I liked how O'Brien used his engineering skills to defeat Garrick, but I'm not sure it would have succeeded if his plan hadn't played out exactly as it did. I think you left the same comment twice, which is an interesting. <laughs> next next one is... I'm scrolling through my phone. Like... Get
0: it together, people.
1: I'm scrolling through my phone like a goddamn...
0: But we won't be covering the Orville. We'll be taking a
1: <laughs> Detourville. <laughs> We're going to get deep into the loreville of Star Trek instead. <laughs> Uh Empoch Will Yates says a good thriller episode in which the lighting was used to superb effect. In particular when the rifle light shines on Garrick and the drug really takes over, and then yet again when O'Brien realizes what's going on and what he has to do. The way they squared off at the end was really well done too, since I remember hearing somewhere that only amateurs fight with close fists in martial arts. Miles must have been some kind of badass with a serious weaponry during the war because a regiment today is anywhere between a thousand and five thousand strong. Uh, despite the great character work done for Garrick and O'Brien, I think the episode does a really, uh, really does the service to Nog more than anyone else, and shows his growth beyond the standard Ferengi tropes. Ted from Marketing says, A group of red slash yellow shirts join O'Brien on a dangerous mission. I wonder what's going to happen to them. At first I thought this might be like Lower Decks where we'd get to learn a little bit about them, but I quickly came to the conclusion that these red shirts weren't long for this world. The episode sets up very well with Nog's discovery of the runabout floating away. Turning Garrick evil, while somewhat unexpected, doesn't really enhance the suspense or increase the stakes very much. I think you can completely do without the psychotropic drug and just have the crew fight the two or more Cardassians with Garrick trying to outthink it, trying to outthink everyone at different points. as your idea, Clay. Overall, the episode was mm. enjoyable, though, with the lighting reminding me a little bit of the Game of Thrones episode. <laughs> we can't, hey. but it's effective, I suppose. Thank you, patrons. For Where's that, that Starbucks cup? Am I right? They took it out already they took it out of the uh, the digital stream cowards cowards that's it thank you patrons for leaving thoughts um we're a little bit of ahead of game so not everyone left uh the usual people didn't leave their comments but it's much appreciated anyway thank you for supporting the show on patreon and thank you for leaving your thoughts clay what are you going to say about mpok nor on our scale of one to five um
0: i mm. I don't know. Part of me says low three, but I kind of, I feel like I've been given a lot of threes lately.
1: I might go two on this one. It's a two for me. I feel, I feel, I feel fine saying it's a two. It's, um, you know, by definition, my two is things that are okay, but could have had a little, like it could have been had a little bit of pop if they just sorted out what they were trying to talk about or trying to do with it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty much this one. Um, Yeah, you know, we've we've talked before, like we talked before about uh, O'Brien kind of has weird stories in DS9 a lot of the time, like some of them are pretty effective and some of them feel like they're kind of goofy. He to me, he kind of reminds me a little bit of how Beverly Crusher episodes went in The Next Generation, where she was a little bit all over the place. You know what I mean? Like, her, her stories were either, like, hard sci-fi or, like, murder mysteries or she's having sex with a ghost or something like that. And, yeah. And O'Brien, while he hasn't had sex with a ghost yet, his, um... Yet. He, he... he o, O'Brien, I guess what I'm saying is O'Brien feels like the character who, when people, when the writers are unsure whose story this should be, they kind of th- default to O'Brien in that yeah. situation.
0: hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping, f- fingers crossed, that sometime in the next two seasons he goes home to Ireland and they're like, oh, by the way, Ireland is now Scotland. Here, put this candle.
1: <laughs> well, maybe uh, would him going back to Ireland be uh, Star Trek's Rambo? Would, would it be like taking over by Cardassians and he would... <laughs> He would just get home and no one respects him and uh, everything's I mean, as gone long, wrong.
0: As long as there's a sexy candle ghost, he can do whatever he wants. That's true. That's true.
1: I'm going to I'm gonna give a little known
0: fact about the Star Trek universe. Ireland is actually now Scotland.
1: <laughs> They're basically touching. Um, I'm going to give it a two. Clay will give it a two yeah. as well. I think that's fair. We have uh, two more episodes to go. We've got In the Cards and then we have Call to Arms as the season finale. We're almost done with season five. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. You can follow all the social media links down below, Facebook, Twitter, Discord. You can go to patreon.com slash if you want to support the show. Remember the Orville, if you want some Orville. We've already done that, but uh, you can go there <laughs> if you want to join the $5 tier. You get some Orville episodes. Clay, do you have anything you want to say before we call this one a day?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Um, if you read The
1: Raven, you'll hear all about Lenorville. They... <laughs> <laughs> um did you already say Snorville? I think you did. That was your first one. Was it? Yeah, yeah, that was your first that's one. What,
0: that's what brought us down this dark path to begin <laughs> with.
1: I think um I think I'll just call it a, a day path, there.
0: I'm sure everybody
1: abhorvilles <laughs> That one's not actually too bad. I think we ended pretty strong there if we're going to go out with that one. <laughs> Um, I think that's it. Thank you guys for listening. I apologize about the uh, the sort of roughshod recording studio that I've got going here. Hopefully it'll sound okay. But we'll be back. Pirate radio, man. I know. That's true. I've got my little ham uh, transistor radio going. I'm looking out at the... Now, big... let me
0: tell you my thoughts about North Korea.
1: <laughs> Tune in to 87.3. It's really low on the dial, but that's where all the action happens. Um, that's it, guys. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back in a couple of days with in the cards. Hope you enjoyed the content and see you later.